Yes, sir. And welcome to the road to Damascus, where it's not about the road, it's about the journey. And I want to thank you all for listening to another episode of Road to Damascus. I'm your host, Brock Hendricks. And before I introduce my co-stars, let me first tell you how you can participate with the show. You can participate by reaching us via our email. That's road to Damascus at iCloud.com. That's road to Damascus, the number road, the number two Damascus at iCloud.com. Or you can reach us on our socials, Instagram, as well as Twitter at road to Damascus road, the number two Damascus, uh, reach out to us, email us, get back with us. Let us know any show ideas, topics, or things you'd like to discuss, or just tell us overall how great you think the show is, or if you think that we're not doing great enough. And I just before we go, because I have one person, I'm not gonna mention their names, but I've been we've I've received all your emails. I want to apologize that I haven't had a chance to email you back, but um, I've read them. I appreciate the love, the support. I've shared two of them with the uh, co-stars. They are appreciative as well. So let me let you introduce you to the returning champion, the great, the powerful, the wonderful Oz, a.k.a. <laughs> Rabbi Shonda. Say what's up to the people, Rabbi. What's up, everybody? The only difference between you and the Wizard of Oz is there's no man behind the curtain. What you see is what you get. Is what you get. So um, how are you today? You know what? I'm doing pretty good. I'm pretty good. I'm doing great. Doing great. Um, also, um, before we continue, I just want to give a shout out um, uh, to my cousin, Nicole, and her husband, Dante. Uh, Nicole has a show that is a YouTube show called Introspect uh, with Nicole Flanagan. And I say three out of the last four weeks, Shonda and I have had the pleasure of being on the pot, on their um Show So I just want to send a shout out to them. Let our listeners know, please check it out on YouTube. That's introspect with Nicole Flanagan. We've had some great conversations with her. She's doing some great things talking about on her show, um, health, wealth, wellness, all with a spiritual twist on it. So please check her out. Give her some support. You know, we got to support one another in these spaces and give love. And she's um, giving love to us on our platform um, shouting us out, so I want to do the same to her. So please check her out. Her show is fire. And Shonda be dropping fire, just like she dropped that fire here. She That's be dropping that fire there. Yes. And and also, since I know Nicole's going to listen to this, where is she at right now? <laughs> she right here with me. <laughs> so, But uh, <laughs> that's an inside joke. So let's get started. Let's get started. So, Shonda, uh, today I wanted to talk to you. Um, so I saw an email from a, a gentleman named Duke Kwan. He's a minister. He wrote a book called Reparations, um, and it was uh, using reparations and how the church needs to participate in that. A very good book. Check it out um, if you get a chance. But he had tweeted out something um, that, and I still haven't been able to find the survey, but it, it was a survey that was talking about uh, young people between the ages of 18 and 30 cited the number one reason that they have left the church or don't participate in church services regularly is due to the hypocrisy of the people in the church. So that's what we're going to focus on today. Um, hypocrisy and the things around it spiritually and secularly. So when you hear that Shonda right away, what do you think? 
I think that's partially true. Um, hypocrisy is the act of claiming to believe one thing and then doing something totally different. That absolutely would be a marker or something that would catch the attention of people who are looking for something. And they're paying attention to the fact, because people don't do what you say. They do what you do. You know, kids don't do what you say. They do what you do. We are visual. We are watching to see if you're doing what you said. And once you say something and you do something different, then I know that whatever it is, it's not working for you. So why would I want to be a part of it if it's not even working for you? The truth is what's attractive, even though a lie may be juicy. <laughs> the lie is only juicy because of that ream of truth that's in it. Absolutely. Well, every lie has a ream of truth in Absolutely. it. Absolutely. So, yeah, people are looking for truth. And if you're not going to give it to them, they don't want to be a part of it. So, <clears throat> excuse me. So do you think that, so you said partially that you agree with that. Yes. So what, what, what would be the part that you wouldn't agree with? And we can dive into that a little deeper later, but no, I, I mean that's partially the reason why. There's okay, this great well, exodus. Okay, you know the hypocrisy of it all. So what would what what else would you say would be in your opinion if you you no longer being in that demographic, but the that demographic when you talk to them, what is the things that they cite other than hypocrisy? That it's boring. Um, it it doesn't look good on the people who are in there or to them. Um, that there's the things that you, we talk about this power, but we don't see it. You know, it doesn't look exciting. We don't make Jesus look enticing or interesting. It should look so good on me, and I should look so happy doing it. He beautifies the meek with salvation. I should look so good and so attractive and so happy that people are inquiring, what is this joy that you have? Why? What are you, <laughs> what's causing you to be like that? Why are you so happy? Why are you so content? Why is it that you look like everything's okay? What is it that's happening with you? Even when it's not okay. Even when it's not okay. And I should be able to tell them, like, listen, no, everything's not perfect, but my hope is not in what's failing. My hope is in God that never fails. You know, my hope is in what never moves. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and his righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. But if I'm not excited about that, um, yeah. She's starting early this morning, folks. Okay. She's starting early. No, well, I love, I love that. I love that. We can, we can dig, dig a, even a little deeper into that. So let me ask you this <clears throat> because hypocrisy is everywhere. Mm -hmm. Why don't we hear these same refrains when it comes to the job you may have, um, you know, you may feel a certain way about corporations, but you're taking that Amazon check. You taking you you might not agree with uh, human rights uh, abuses, but you working for four who making all their parts mm -hmm. overseas. You might not. Um, you might have human rights questions, but you going to Walmart and buying all your goods. Mm -hmm. So why do we hold the church to the standard of hypocrisy and not living up to what they're supposed to? but not anybody else. Because ev everybody working gets paid. Okay? <laughs> okay. Everybody working gets paid. Um, but the payment from the church, the wages you get from serving God, 
don't always register in your bank account. That needed a little side worship right there. That needed a little, I had to hit that one on you. People like things that are tangible. Okay. You know, they like, okay, I go to work. I know at the end of this work week, or I know on Friday next week, I'm going to get paid. The thing about working for God is you, it doesn't register like that. You're going to get paid. You may not be able to take the payment you get from him and give it to DTE. We don't think about um, soul dividends. You know, you don't think about that. We don't think about joy dividends. Okay. We don't think about that. You know, we don't think about the fact that the ability or you being able to get up in the morning and have the strength to put on your own clothes and get dressed for work and go to this place and have the um, – the mental capacity to do the job, to make the money you make, that is the payment from serving God. But we're not, we don't make those connections. You know, we don't make them, you don't understand that um, the payment from the work that we do for God is when the body dies and the spirit leaves, you get to go back home to a place of peace where there's no more dying there's no more sickness there's no more arguing no more fighting no more stress no more pain no more struggle that is payment that's wages kind of like the wages of sin is death but but you get your payment when you get there too because right. you have been putting into that bank right you get it on not only on the other side but on this side there are, there's payment on both sides but we're so wrapped up in our senses we're so sensual that we cease to be spiritual. Where you where you coming with all these uh, nuggets you at this morning? <laughs> it's some it's something I it's ain't the seen. Water, it's, oh, it's, it's the, the water. water. Oh, it's the, the alkaline water. Yeah. That's it. Okay, okay. So, um, I like that. So, so again, playing um a little devil's advocate that I have to do from time to time. Um. Hypocrisy isn't anything new. No. The basically Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John mm-hmm. is filled with Jesus de- dealing with hypocrites. Right. The Sadducees and the Pharisees were nothing but hypocrites. Right. Jesus was able to sustain and be able to help the people. Not all the time, because a lot of the hypocrisy was baked in to a point that they chose Barabbas over Jesus. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but that's another conversation for another day. But um, so what about that? What do you say? It's always been hypocrisy. Mm-hmm. And the word tells us it's going to be hypocrisy. You're not going to get rid of hypocrisy. No. So. But what, what Jesus did say was, woe to you scribes and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You clean the outside of the cup and the dish, but the inside is still filthy and full of rebellion and sin. It's like, woe, woe unto you. You you say one thing and you live another. Your reward for that is coming. There's a reward for being a hypocrite, but you're free to do it. So you're saying ain't nothing stopping you from being a hypocrite? No. If that's the path that you, listen, I set before you life, death, good and evil, blessings and cursings for you to choose. 
those two trees are still present in the garden today, right next to each other. The tree of life and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Eat from whichever one you want. Just understand that once you eat it, you eat the consequences too. It is best to just live whatever you're going to live out loud and honest. Just tell the truth. Everybody will adjust to it, including you. If you tell the truth to yourself, you don't have to lie to the world. Wow. Let me sit with that one for a minute. But it's true. Yeah. I asked, I asked God the question because I wanted to know, what, what, what does it mean to choose me? You know, we hear that often. You know, I, I need to choose me. Right. You, know, you choose. I was, like, I was like, what does that mean? And, and this is what I heard. It means telling yourself the truth about you and then living that truth out loud in front of others. That's choosing you. It's not, you're not worried about a narrative that anyone spins. You're not worried about trying to control the outcome. You're not creating an image to control how people or to manipulate another person. It's managing, um, not having the spirit of Jezebel and witchcraft with your actions and how you live. You know, it's not having the, um, the, the succubus or incubus. I'm not trying to control you or manipulate you or squeeze anything out of you with how I live. This is the truth of what is happening inside. I'm living for from the inside out. That's choosing me. Whether you, you ain't got to like the fact that I serve God. You don't have to like the fact that I believe in miracles because I believe in Jesus. You don't have to like it. You don't even have to respect it. I'm not trying to control what you do by what I do. I'm not trying to use my light to make you feel bad about your darkness or anything like that. That's me choosing me. Hypocrisy is when you say you're choosing God or yourself, but your life, the way you live, doesn't match that. It needs to align what you do, what you say, what you believe, and your experience. It all needs to align. And when it doesn't, you're being a hypocrite whether you want to believe it or not. So, well, let me ask you this then, and just sticking with this thing. What about... People who, I'm a two ways. So this is the first way. The unintentional hypocrite. Meaning what? Meaning you do right 99.9% of the time. But that one time that you do wrong, it, it, it's not just the wrong that um, is behind closed doors. It's like that one wrong is the one that's like out front for everybody to see. And so it, it was never a pattern, but just one time you was just caught in a weak moment. And now it's like, oh, see, 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 but you call the example, but, but this really isn't you being a hypocrite. You just, one time you was just weak in your flesh. Mm-hmm. Now, for me, I don't think that's unintentional hypocrisy. Okay. Because everybody saw it. Right. You, you owned it. You know okay. what I mean? Um. For me, hypocrisy is intentional. Meaning you are intentionally living one way yeah. or intentionally showing one thing. Hold on. Just as funny as come full circle. I introduced you as the great and powerful Oz. <laughs> he was a hypocrite. What you saw when that face was coming out scaring the people was not who he really was. Right. You know that you've done something wrong. You know that you're not living this 
this perfectly clean life. But what you portray when you come out in front of the people is that I have it all together. I'm not making any mistakes. I am free and clear of all mistakes. It's not me. It's you. And none of us have that story to tell. None of us. Okay. And the second part to that question was, what about people who, I'm going to say, because I'm probably people like he making up words, but a person who know they're a hypocrite. But the reason that they live two different lives is because at this point, I'm so far <laughs> in that if I tell people how they'll look at me. Mm-hmm. Shame, fear, and guilt. You know, <laughs> you, you have to deal with that. You know, you have to deal with that. Whatever, But that's life, real, though. That's a real thing. Like, like, like I'm so far out here. But, but trust me, listen, people, somebody knows. Well, God knows all. You know he, yeah, he does. But there's somebody else who knows. Right. Because 99% of people who do dirt don't do it by themselves. You do it with someone you think you can trust to keep your secret. But look at what you're doing and who you're doing it with. Listen, one of the most powerful positions you can have is the cosigner. So be aware of your cosigner. Be, you know, well, yeah, I mean... Be, but remember, to have a cosigner, you got to have good credit. Like, your cosigner typically got better credit mm-hmm. than the person who needs to, to have it cosigned. Right. And so that, you so put your name. They know what you lack. They know what you don't have. You're going to drive off this lot, and everybody going to see you driving this Mercedes, but the cosigner knows you only have credit for a Honda. They know <laughs> that you got this because of me. Now they hold your secret. So how are you going to live? You going to live like the Honda, or you going to live like the Mercedes? Because <laughs> the person who co-signed it, they already know. Oh. So somebody knows. Okay. Your co-signer, they know. So you may as well just tell the truth because you are one angry moment away from being exposed all the time. Like, oh, excuse me? Excuse me? This what we doing? Yeah. Okay. (laughs) So you, so, so what, what is one of, what are the solutions? What are, (laughs) just that simple. It's really simple. Now, I understand. Listen. In order to tell the truth, you have to be brave. You have to be brave. And we ain't got a lot of brave souls out no, there. No, you don't. <laughs> ain't no brave hearts. You got to be courageous. You got to choose courage over comfort every <clears throat> single time. And you got to be courageous enough to tell the truth and understand your truth only makes you free. So if you think you're going to tell your truth and it's just going to free your whole tribe and everybody's going to be happy and good, that's that's not what's going to happen. You're going to be sorely disappointed because you're going to think the person that's closest to you riding hard with you, they're not going to be happy about your truth. People need you to keep living a certain way so they can look as good as they do. Say that again. People need you to keep living a certain way so they can look as good as they do. You know, the moment you come out with all the truth, it make all the people around you look a certain kind of way too. Oh, so you mean in like, if if I go to this church or this person and they expose, now it's like, oh, you was going there? You ain't see that? You ain't know? Absolutely. So you, it you, so you it almost so it it almost makes everybody look bad. Because now your it's like truth only is gonna free you. 
It's only going to free, but it's only designed to free you. Free yourself. Let everybody else adjust. Tell the truth, you'll find out who your real friends are. What about your friends? <laughs> Will they stand their ground? Right. No, I, I got you. Um, <laughs> but like I've 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 had problems with hip, hypocrites in the church for a long time. Like clearly. <laughs> no, we, I'm just we talk offline. Oh yeah, no, but but the issue is, and it's not even sometimes, um, because me and you had a conversation this morning before we linked up, and I said. I don't mind that you may have a deferring opinion to me. I don't mind a deferring opinion. My thing is just be consistent. Right. You get what I'm saying? Like, and there is a lot of things that we will let slide in one instance that we don't let slide in another instance. Now I know that really, and, and to me, that's more like, Oh, so you just being a hypocrite because you just, you only care about it when it affects you in a positive way, but then when it's something negative, oh, no, no. I, I mean, I you know, it's, I don't have to really always support that. I really don't have to, um, you know, that's not why I'm doing it. So now you find a narrative. I think what we do, uh, uh, what hypocrites do is they find a narrative that fits their narrative. And I, I, I know people are like, here you go with the political, but it, I'll give you a political um, um, parallel. Or what we're talking about. So it just came out this week that Herschel Walker had paid for an abortion um, for a woman. Um, she had evidence of the receipt of the abortion. She had that he paid her money that matched that receipt. They had a card that he wrote to her saying, get well soon. And this was a man who had been saying all campaign shouldn't get, shouldn't get abortions. I've never paid for abortion. I never would pay for an abortion. All of that. Mm. Now the article comes out. And now it's like all of these Republicans who are pro-life and browbeat you if you even talk differently than being extreme pro-life now are pretty much saying, I don't care what he did. I don't care if he killed one lady. said, I don't care if he killed baby bald eagles. I want power. So when the hypocrisy benefits you, you don't care. But when it's on the other side that you don't agree with, you're going to browbeat those people. So so do you think that it just becomes a power dynamic? Because that's what we see a lot in the church. Like, is it I want to keep my level of prestige? I want to keep my level of power. I want to keep my level of relationships. So that's why I continue to do what I do. I, I do. I think the church should equal truth, you know. And people who don't tell the truth to maintain their power clearly don't have the true definition of power because once you tell you the truth, you have now empowered yourself. If you pull the teeth from a shark, you can swim with it all day. It's no longer a danger to you. So once you tell the truth, nobody has anything to use against you. Now you are free for God to use you. Now you actually become powerful. You're naked in the garden, naked in the garden. You know, um, finding a narrative to keep from looking like a hypocrite is the definition of hypocrisy. <laughs> come on, come on. <laughs> textbook definition. Textbook. Textbook. 
So I'm going to read this this quote to you. This is from a gentleman I follow on Twitter. His name is Rich Villadas. He's a pastor of a big church. Um, this isn't his quote, but he's quoting someone. He said, Christian churches are not, as a rule, model communities of good behavior. They are rather to be places where human misbehavior is brought out in the open, faced, and dealt with. Yeah. Yeah, the truth. Whatever it is, whatever the the issue is, there's a remedy for it in the in, in in the church. And when I mean that, I mean in in the body. There's a remedy for it. There there are no remedies in the building. There are no remedies in the building. There's no one in the building who who who's doing anything for you. It's not the work of a man. It is all the work of a wonderful, loving God who is doing everything for you because He loves you. So when you come to him with your issues, he gives you solutions because he loves you. When you come to him with your ailments, he heals you because he loves you. When you come to him with your pain, he comforts you because he loves you. This is where love should conquer all. This is where love covers a multitude of things. We should be loving people into happiness, loving them into healthiness, loving them into wholeness. So nobody should have to come in here and lie. Nobody should have to come in and pretend. Come as you are. That's what it means. The Statue of Liberty shouldn't be the only one that says, bring me your tired and <laughs> poor and your huddle masses yearning to be free. That is the slogan of the body of Christ. Literally. Well, the churches I go to don't look for the poor. Keep them jokers <laughs> right there. And, and we are the richest, the richest place there is. The richest country in the world. Yeah. So what two questions. First question, what would you tell these young people if you had a conversation with these people who are like, I'm not coming back to church because it's filled with hypocrites. They they lie. They look at you sideways and they ain't doing no better than the people that I deal with in, in the street. At least, at least with a joke in the street, I know where I stand. I would say, well, then come and be the authenticity that they need to see. That, that is what I would say to that. We have to be, be what you want to see. It's one thing to that talk about. That was heavy. That was heavy. Yeah. We often talk about things like that. Well, I ain't going back in there because um, everybody in there is fake. There are some fake people on your job, but you still go back to work. There, there are some fake people that work in the doctor's office, but you still go in there. They're fake people at the grocery store. They're going to be fake people everywhere you go. Doesn't stop you from going. Doesn't stop you from living. So, hey, um, come into the body. It's fake people in your family. And you still have the same last name, same blood still going through your family. Still go to the same Christmas parties, the same. Family reunions, weddings, funerals, all of that. Even if you got to take a couple deep breaths before you go there. All right, go. I don't know I'm going to have to deal with so-and-so. but. Right. So come in here and be the authenticity that they need to see. Because God certainly can't bless who you pretend to be anyway. <laughs> Wait a minute. So you telling me Bruce Wayne and Batman, <laughs> only one of them getting blessed because you're pretending to be Bruce Wayne, but you're really Batman. Mm -hmm. That's who you want to be. Never have have you ever noticed he's never really happy being Bruce Wayne? Never. And it's all the time that he's Bruce Wayne when he hears something and he gotta go be 
Batman. He's right. never just Batman and hear something. Oh, I need to go be Bruce. No, right. it's always. I got to go be Batman. I got to go be Batman. So why not just be Batman? Who you are. All the time. All the time. And let God use that. Because who you pretend to be ain't anointed. Are y'all hearing this, folks? I get to listen to this every Saturday for free. You get to listen to it every Monday on, on anywhere where you get your podcast for free. And she dropping a million dollars worth of game. Like what Jay-Z said, I'm trying to teach y'all a million dollars worth of game for $9.99. Shonda ain't even charging you right now. So get it while you can, because like I said before, yesterday's prices ain't going to be <laughs> today's prices. Second question with that, what does the church need to do? What can the church do? The church has the same responsibility as as that individual right there to be the correct representation of, of God, to be authentic. The church has a responsibility to be who God said it would be because God never changed the pattern. People change the pattern. People have decided, oh, that, that doesn't work for me. And the reason why it doesn't work for you is because you realize you didn't have the power in the first place. So we created all these things to be in the place of what should have just been power. So you got all this stuff and all these smoke and mirrors that people are looking at so that they don't recognize that there's really no authentic. Because if it was authentic. And so they put they power, putting all these mirrors and oh yeah. look, don't let the right hand know what the left hand doing. They look here and I'm really doing this over there. Right. When you should just say, you know what, hey, 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 dog, listen. We have not done this right. We have gotten off the path, and we need to get back on the path that we're supposed to be on because nobody should be coming to church. We should be coming through church, and we are hoarding people. Say that again. Say that again. Nobody should be coming to church. We should be coming through church because, in actuality, you're a church. I'm a church. So we should be coming. We Don't forsake to assemble yourselves together. Come, bring our churches together. We all have these wonderful experiences. And I'm going to share with you what's happening in my church. And you share with me what's happening in your church and how God is moving and how God's instructing you. And we all come together and we all leave, you know, with things in our churches that we didn't have. And we're all empowered to go back out. And now we can invite people to come to our church. And so they come into our church and get filled because you got to empty out what you have. And then we assemble ourselves together again because we all empty and we all come back in to get filled again to go back out. But we're hoarding people into buildings so that we can look fruitful and so that we can look productive and look like we're actually doing a lot of work. It's a lot of movement, but no progress. So it's like a bunch of, if you ants know what they do supposed to do. Every yeah. ant knows exactly what they, if you buy, like when we was younger, they don't do them. Now, remember we used to buy the ant farm yep. and you had your own little ant farm. You mm -hmm. just be sitting there watching them. Every ant in there knew yep. what their job was. And every ant got a piece of bread. Every ant moving got a piece of food. Why is it that in the church, only one person's got the bread? Why is that? Why is it that only one person got the bread? Because the person with the loaf has made it feel like I'm the only one who can feed. I'm the only one. Every ingredient that's in the bread is in the crumbs. 
Get your crumb and go do whatever it is you need to do with it. Wait a minute. See, see, I don't know if y'all just caught that. She said every ingredient in the bread is in the crumb. Is y'all is y'all catching these little subtle things yeah. she is saying? You mad because they got the loaf and I got the crumb. I ain't got to have a whole piece. Ain't of that all you. Lazarus asked for? The crumbs off the side of your That's table? That's it. All the same ingredients are in the crumb. So don't compare your size of, of bread to somebody else's. And don't let them make you feel useless because your size, because yours is smaller. Oh, you mean like, oh, that's all you're going to carry? That's it? That's the, ants, the ants don't look at each other and be like, oh, no. that's all you're going to carry? Everybody gets what they can carry, and it's all going to the same place. We all on the same team. Man, you on fire again. Step to have Curry, five for five. You 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 throwing punches like Draymond right now. <laughs> <laughs> you hitting them just like that. I mean, knocking jokers out. So let me ask you this: What? Why is it that we we know? And this is the problem that I have. We know the problem. Churches know that, like. We literally know that we're we're considered hypocrites, that there is a hypocrisy within the church. Why don't we just come out and address that and just flat out say, we know that you look at us as hypocrites. We know that as a body, meaning all of the churches together have not met your standard of what there is to do. And we're going to, I can't speak for every church because not every church is connected. But as for me and my house, we will try to be authentic. Why don't you hear any of that ever come up? Most of the time, the people who feel like that are, are in the minority, and nobody wants to challenge the system. You know, nobody wants to rock that boat. I volunteer to be a tribute. Listen, you know, I'll, you know how I feel. Katniss Everdeen right here. <laughs> we get Hunger Games. I volunteer to be a tribute. We know the problem, Brock, but we don't believe the answer. She's starting to wait for her horn because she knows she's no. dropping. No, I'm out teasing with you. She kind of paused, like, go and hit that horn, player. Go and hit that horn. No, I'm teasing with you. We know the problem, but we don't believe the answer. We just don't believe it's so simple that just we need to believe God. We don't we need something else. We we need, oh, we like the children of Israel. Give us a king. We're waiting for somebody to tell us what to do. You are who you've been waiting for. Make a move. If you make one step towards God, he'll make 10 towards you. Adjust your proximity to the cross and stop trying to adjust your proximity to a man. Because we know what the solution is. I heard, I, I listened to a video this morning. And I don't know who the pastor was speaking. But it was a woman playing the audio like telling people to listen. And he said, everybody who Jesus came across that was sick got healed. He said, but the woman who came to Jesus, she was restored. Mm. So when Jesus come to us, he'll heal us. But when we come to him, he'll restore us. Right. I heard that, Shonda. I was about to show. And that's why I mean, sometimes just a little 20-second clip yeah. can get you just with you in the house just shouting for about a half hour. Right. Sometimes we wait, we waiting for the hurricane and, and, and the tornado, and it's a small, still voice right at the base of that wind. But we're looking for something big and, and, and great and, and mystical and magical. The great and powerful eyes. Right, and it's the voice that's going to come up from inside of you. 
but we don't trust that voice anymore because of all the other voices that we listen to from the outside. I know people when they be hearing me, because that's what I, Shonda, sometimes you just, you, she leave me speechless. Yeah. But, but I just think that what we have to begin to do is reexamine. And the, the thing that has frustrated me, and, I, and I've, I've said this to you and I'll say it to other people. The things that have frustrated me is the silence, mm-hmm. the deafening silence of people who um, know what's the problem. They see what's the problem, but yet they don't want to address the problem. And and the reason I say certain because certain people could be listening is like, well, my pastor is like that. And I'm not saying that there aren't. Uh, a small minority, but unfortunately the majority is brought upon by bigger names. And when you don't hear the bigger names addressing it, mm-hmm. then it just seems like we're accepting those issues. And, and there again is the definition of hypocrisy. I like hearing that small voice, that's the truth, but you waiting for a boom. So I'm, I'm going to do that because it's, it's bigger. It's, it's louder. It makes more noise. And and even back to your uh, example of the co-signing, how many pastors out here co-sign for other pastors that they know they shouldn't be co-signing for? Mm-hmm. But they don't withdraw that co-sign when they default on the promise. They don't withdraw the co-sign. At, at all. At all. They quit crickets. Like, I mean, it'd be like, you know, we over here, that's your man's. Right. That, that's your man's. And they be like, huh? What you talking about? Like, literally, it, it, <laughs> when Bertie Mac gave that joke about his nieces and nephews, and he said his brother, <laughs> he turned <laughs> around, <laughs> and his yeah. brother, he said, Yana, me and my brother, <laughs> go take care of the kids, and we go split them. He said, I turned, and I look, and that Blankety blank <laughs> left the courtroom, and when I see him, it still on, go on site, on site, smoking the city. Yeah, but that's what they do. They they sneak out the back door, mm-hmm. and 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 literally be trying to give you that Pontius pilot like, oh, I'm, I wash my hands. I wash my hands of that. That's him. Yeah, and we see it all the time too. It's like in the in the summertime down south, you hear all the cicadas. At, yeah, at night. yeah, and you can't sleep because they making so much noise. And then when it's time for you to to, to back it up, crickets. You, <laughs> what happened? The WB frog. You just hello, my lady. Hello, my. Do-. And then ribbit. Oh come on. Hey. Almost stand. like they acquired like t- sopranos, <laughs> tennis. <laughs> like, they, 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 that's how we work. That's how the good Lord he works. You know. <laughs> just. Like the choir director just hit the, right. the, all right, cicadas, all right, crickets, frogs, bring it in, bring it in, bring it in, all right. You like this is when we need to be live so y'all can see what's happening. I mean, but, yeah, and but you understand what I'm saying. So, so, and that's where my frustration comes in because. Um, like Jane Elliott said in that one video that one time, you see what's going on, you know what's going on, you wouldn't want it for yourself, so why are you aligning it for other people? Right. The only thing that's necessary for injustice to continue is for good people to do nothing. 
I had to give her a double dose right there back to back. I mean, Shonda, think about this. Like, you see what's going on. And and your silence is deafening. And you just let, and my thing is, and this is where I had a problem. Because Jesus didn't, remember, we're Christians. Mm-hmm. What did Christ do? What would Christ do in these situations? Christ did not ever hesitate to call out a hypocrite. Right. Ever. And most of the hypocrites he was calling out were the leaders mm-hmm. in the church. Absolutely. He was calling them out. So why is it that the leaders don't call out hypocrisy? Now, again, you got all with your brother. You take it to your brother. But why are we afraid to call out the hypocrisies? There's a lot of ways we, we do this show. I can be dropping names all day long. Right. But there's a way to say things that people who need to get the message can get the message. So why aren't we seeing even any of that? Because hypocrites don't call out hypocrites. They don't. You can't be. You ain't divided against yourself. So that's not. No, that's not what happens. Hypocrites can't call out other hypocrites. Nope. Cause because as soon as you do, what do you say? Glass house. Yep. Glass yeah. house. Oh, that's that, that's that's what we doing. We calling it out. Oh, well then, how about when you did such and such? You know, you got to have clean hands. You can't clean the mirror with a dirty rag. Your hands got to be clean from it if you're going to bring it out. Okay. And nobody wants to own. That's why I say just just go on and tell it. Once you tell it, once you tell your own truth, you are empowered now to tell the truth. And then you'll be okay. Let everybody get past, you know, what you did and what you said. Go on, put it out there. You know, let everybody look at it, accept it, and adjust it. Because you own your own you know, you, you learn more from your failures than your successes. So go ahead and admit that you haven't gotten it right. Go ahead and tell the truth about what you did. Go and put it out there. Let people adjust to it. They're going to be okay. Free yourself so that God can use you. Because the moment you get it right with him, it don't matter who don't like it. So let me ask you this, because there, I'm going to give an example. There was a pastor um, that on several occasions was caught, um, like, in compromising positions with women, whether it was with text messages or at a uh, club or somewhere he was giving out a key and, you know, he's married and things like that. And the response wasn't, you know what? I got some issues. Let me sit down for a minute. It's always like that indignant, like you've been with me. And I'm going to continue to do this because you support me. The people who, you know I mean? You understand what I'm saying? Like now you really, I mean, it's like they find that sermon sermon. Mm-hmm. When, these, when these days come out, it's like, oh, he preached fire from heaven this day. Right. And I know your gifts are without repentance. So right. that's the gift. But why is it that, again, maybe you might just chalk it up to being brave. But why is it that, brother, you caught? We know. So why don't you just go on at this point and just come clean? Sometimes people aren't ready. You remember, you remember the movie. Did you see Harriet? And when she went back to get her sister, you know, she, and they kept telling her, don't go back and don't risk it. She was like, no, that's my sister. And she went back to get her. And when she went to get her sister, she wouldn't go. And she said to Harriet, everybody ain't meant to be free. There are some people who just at the time, they're not ready 
They're not ready for the accountability and they get big mad. And so what you start to focus on is the anger and the frustration and all these gyrations and all these movements. And you see all this, what you think is passion <laughs> and you stop, you stop focusing on what happened because of all this activity and this movement. They're trying to throw you off the scent. They get real big about it. And you're like, well, maybe because I be- didn't see what I think I saw. Yeah. Well, who you going to believe me or your lying eyes? Right. But the truth of the matter is, until you come to grips with your own hypocrisy, that thing for you will continue to come up. It'll be a different season. It'll be a different expression of it. But that thing will keep coming back. You will continue to recycle those same experiences until you actually heal the matter and expose it and deal with it, as he did, until it caught up with them. In a real kind of way. You can avoid that by just go ahead and just go and tell it, put it on out there and deal <laughs> with it and get it over with. But everybody's not ready for that kind of accountability. They have to ride that hypocrisy out because people don't believe in consequences. Because they haven't had Well, they any believe yet. in them. They just don't want them for themselves. Because they, they, they are. Oh, okay. You know, they haven't had any. What is because judgment against the evil work is not done expeditiously, men's heart is setting them to continue doing evil. God's grace is just so good. It makes people feel like they got a lot of time. But you should be using this time to fix it and clean it up and get it together. But that's, that's not what happens. Now, I'm not saying that people don't struggle. You are going to struggle with some things. All I'm saying is you ain't got to hide your struggle from God. Because he already see it. He already know it. Don't come out like you are perfect because there's none of us who are perfect. Perfect perfection is an optical illusion. It is unachievable. You can be excellent. You cannot be perfect. You can't be. Hypocrites give the illusion that they are when they are well aware that they're not. The block is hot. Shonda was just dropping side, um, dropping nuggets and knowledge on that other side. So what you got for us on the block is hot today, Rabbi? You know, I saw something. Uh, I saw something a few days ago that that bothered me on on the real level. I saw this this clip that uh, Velma from uh, Scooby Doo. Oh, I already know what clip you're talking about. Uh, now, first of all, let me say, first of all, my mom's name was Velma. So, you know, when I saw Velma, I need, I need to read this. Okay. But Velma from Scooby-Doo <laughs> has come out as openly gay. The cartoon Scooby-Doo is about 53 years old. Velma is a cartoon character. She can't come out. She, she cannot come out. Leave these cartoons alone. If Velma wasn't gay back, I'm 50. So the cartoon was out three years before I was born. Okay. If she wasn't gay back then, why make her openly gay now? Leave these cartoons alone. Stop coming for the cartoon characters. Because actually what Scooby-Doo was about was really just about showing you that your enemy is somebody you know. Let me hit that again. Sorry. Had the volume down. Yeah, it's... It's crazy. 
So whoever is behind the cartoon character, don't use our cartoon characters to come out if that's what you're trying to do. Well, I, I just think that they, like, what you have is you have a, opponents and be like, well, it's a talking dog. And, you know, and the, the thing was, because they used to make the joke about the show, that it was like, this guy was stoned. <laughs> he was talking to his dog because he was high. But it was like nobody watched cartoons with a sexual mindset. Right. We watched cartoons because we enjoyed them. Right. You all are the ones who have sexualized cartoons now. Right. We didn't sexualize them. No. Nobody looked at cartoons and was like, I wonder if they're gay or straight. Or, right. It was just like. if Shaggy and Scooby sleeping together. Right. Nobody thought Wasn't nobody that. thinking about bestiality, nothing. No. Like it was just. Scooby-Doo. We just wanted to come home after school or get up early on Saturday mornings after we had to clean up. I know y'all don't know about that now, but we had to clean up on Saturday mornings so that we could watch our cartoons. That is it. And so you don't need to hyper-sexualize cartoon characters um, that are beloved just to win over the masses. I ain't never needed a crowd to do nothing. I didn't need a bunch of people agreeing with something for me to feel like it was right. I didn't need a bunch of people saying it was wrong for me to think that it was wrong. I am an independent thinker, and I encourage everyone else to be also. Don't worry about anybody's agenda of any kind. The only agenda we should be concerned about is figuring out where your soul going to be when, when the body, when it leaves this body. That's the agenda that we should all be focused on. We shouldn't be so concerned about with who's sleeping with who, who's loving who, who has who last names. If it's not you, if you're not one of the partners in that bed, get yourself out of it and get your mind where it needs to be and leave our cartoon characters alone. Bam. So real quick, and I'm going to try to keep this quick, and I know y'all even made a joke about that on the podcast on Nicole Show. What yeah, I say, it's real is never quick. quick. Um, so my block is high issue is, so this week, um, Kanye West – Mm. wore a shirt that said uh, white lives matter on it. And it was to be a discouragement of the black lives matter movement. And um, no, no, excuse me. The black lives matter organization. Now I am not going to sit here and defend the black lives matter organization. And if they've stolen any money or what they have might've done with that money. But I'll say this. The slogan Black Lives Matter and the movement are two different things. Just like the church and Christianity and Jesus are different things. The organization was started and they had their mission statement, what they were looking to do, and you find out where their money and their funds was going. They should be looked at, audited, IRS should check on it, but that doesn't, them doing the things they did, doesn't make the statement any less true that black lives matter. Are we saying again, are we saying white lives don't matter? Absolutely not. What we're saying is there has never been a value on black life in this country. And when there are puppets like a Candace Owens, like a Kanye West who puppet around and make these jokes about it. Now it injects people who want to not even see black people unified. It allows them to be able to say, see, see, and use the organization as a reason not to support the movement. The movement is important. If you are a parent, a black parent of a black child, the, the movement is important. If you are a black woman married to a black man, 
the movement is important. If you are a black man married to a black woman, the movement is important. What I'm saying is, is the movement is important. Just like I see clowns out here every day misrepresenting the word of God and being hypocrites to the word of God. Yet and still, I don't condemn Christ because of these people. Man's heart is deceitfully wicked above all and who would know it but the Lord. When organizations see that there is money to be made, they are successful to being able to fall temptation to that money. And maybe some people with some good intentions at the beginning fell into a bad way once they started seeing millions and millions, I think to the tune of $90 million come in. Things start looking a little different and opportunities start looking a lot different when you're making that kind of money. Again, not justifying it, audit them, look at them. But the movement is not the slogan and the slogan is not the movement. And I hope that people understand that, respect that and and deal with it on that premise, just like we deal with people in Christ on that premise. So. And that was another segment of the block is hot. Rabbi, we ready to close out. I think we had another great conversation. Always. You was dropping nugget after nugget after nugget. So now, go on and drop that closing. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> the word hypocrisy is, de- is derived from a Greek term that means actor or one who wears a mask, someone who pretends to be what he's not. The Bible calls hypocrisy a sin. There are two forms that hypocrisy can take. The one of professing belief in something and then acting in a manner that's contrary to that belief and that of looking down on others when we ourselves are flawed in the same area or in a different area. The prophet Isaiah condemned the, the hypocrisy of his day with this. The Lord says, these people come near me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. The worship of him was made up of only rules that were taught by men. It doesn't matter who's right because it's not about people. We need to find out what's right and do that with all of our hearts, no matter what, because it's all about God. And you want me to follow that? You want me to follow that? Close it out. Man. Close it out. No, I ain't got nothing like that. I ain't got nothing like that. Um, Thank you all for listening to another episode, but I just want to close on this. I have always, I always joke and shine to tell you this. I always consider myself to be a red letter Christian meaning the red letters is what I go to first and foremost before I go anywhere else. I'm checking the red letters. And I see a lot of red letters calling out a lot of hypocrites, but I see a lot of people in power being very silent and your silence is killing people. And I'm seeing real blood in the streets and the blood is on your hands. So until the next time, I want to thank you all for listening to another episode of Road to Damascus, where it's not about the road, it's about the journey. And until next time, thank you for listening. We'll be back. God bless.